Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. To the east and hide by Kareth Brook. Everybody say Kareth Brook. Near where it enters the Jordan River. Drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring you. Yeah, Scripture said that. The ravens will bring him food. He will drink water from the brook and he'll eat food that the ravens bring him. You say, man, that's impossible. We've heard stories in modern times of people in debt praying to God for a miracle, giving their tithes and giving and believing that birds would bring money to their yard. So, hey, birds can bring, if it's, if it's light enough for them to carry, they can show up with it. So who knows? Get ready. Drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring you, for I have commanded them to bring you food. Who knows what kind of food it was, but it was sustenance. So Elijah did as the Lord told him and camped beside Kareth Brook, east of the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat is what Scripture says. So bread and some kind of meat each morning and evening, and he drank from the brook. Wow. But after a while, who knows how long, the brook dried up. For there was no rainfall anywhere in the land. All right. Then the Lord said to Elijah again, he spoke to him again, Go and live in the village of Zarephath near the city of Sidon. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. How interesting. So God's just taking care of Elijah as he walks in the word, speaks the word, obeys the word. Let's pray. Father, we give you glory for today. Thank you for your word because nothing compares to your word. Your word is truth. Your word is life. Your word is power. Your word is sustenance. We give you glory. Scripture says, Father, in you, that you hold up everything by the word of your power. That's amazing. Everything is sustained by your word. We give you glory and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and be seated this morning if you would, please. So we see in this powerful story that Elijah, the man of God, shows up on the scene and he speaks the word. Now we know he's only speaking, as a true prophet of God, he's only speaking the word that God has given him. Sometimes you say, God has given me a word. It lines up with the word in, in Scripture, so that's the word he's given me. So you need to speak it. What has God spoken to you? It may be you are healed. It may be, nope, no matter how, how you feel, you're free. No, it may be no matter how your stomach feels, your stomach is healed. It may be no matter how you feel right now in this situation, you've gone through depression and anxiety or you're feeling lonely, you are liberated. You are taken care of. You are warmed up and fed. You are blessed. You are comforted. You are at peace. You say, man, I'm in a situation where I haven't, I haven't felt peace. God's word to you is you have peace, and you can line it up with the word. That is the word. So you need to speak the word. I don't know what word God has given you. Now it has to line up with his holy word, okay? It has to line up with his word. Years ago, Dad said that a lady came to him and said, Pastor, pray for me. I'm praying that my husband dies. I don't make this stuff up, man. It's interesting how huh? stranger than fiction, some people say. I'm praying that I, my husband croaks so I can get me. Did she say, what did she say, Dad? I need a younger man. Can you imagine? This woman told Pastor, if you didn't hear that, this was years, this is 30, 40 years ago, probably 40 years ago. She said, Pastor, the Lord told me that he's going to kill my husband and I'm going to get a younger one. The Lord of the flies told her that. Not God. 
The devil was telling her that. So you got Here's the deal with the word. You're going to speak the word. Make sure it lines up with the word. Elijah is a true prophet of God. He spoke the word that God had given him. All right. So you need to speak the word in and out of season. Someone say in and out of season. Yeah, speak the word whether you feel like it or not. Say, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad at it. Say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Say, I can do this. Say, I can do this. Is that in the word? Yeah, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Say, man, I'm, I'm struggling. I feel anxious. Jesus said, my peace, I give to you a peace that the world cannot give. You say, man, I can't see, I can't see what's coming. I don't know what's coming in the future, but I, I feel like I'm stuck here. No, Scripture says he sets you in a high place like deer in, a, in high places, hinds feet on high places. That means you're up above the battle. You can see the enemy coming. You can take your word that God has given you and make sure it's locked into Scripture. So speak the word. Speak truth. Always speak the word. And speak the word God has given you. Always. Don't diverge. Don't stop. Always speak the word. Some of you have gone through different battles in different areas, different arenas, and I don't know exactly what they are. Some of you say, man, well, Pastor Matt, it's my health. And you say, man, it's been in relationships. Some is, it's been, um, it's been with uh, me getting over this certain thing in my life. I'm having a battle in this area. Well, you need a verse to cover your case. You need a verse that lines up with the promise God has given you. What has God told you about that situation? Speak the word. Always go back to the word like Elijah the prophet did. This is what God wants. Speak the word. Okay? Number two today. Obey his word. This is, this is perfect. A young man before the service, he's, a, he's an old friend of mine. He, uh, he told me the story about years ago he was not, he had been raised in church, but at the time he wasn't seeking God. So you know how it is. You know how it is. Dad has, has given a similar testimony. You're raised in church, and then you're not going to church. You're not walking with God like you sh should. And I don't know why. Maybe this is just a man thing. I can't speak for the ladies in here. I've known several men that have done this. I did it even when I was serving God. I was in the church at 19. But sometimes we just say, man, you know what? I'm not going to give my tithes. What a brilliant idea. Right? So this young man before service, he said, bro, let me tell you what happened. He said, I wasn't really serving God. I was walking in the world. And he had been raised in church. We ran in some of the same circles growing up. And uh, I knew, I've known who he, who he was for over 20 years probably. He said, let me tell you a true story. I wasn't giving my tithes, so I was headed to see my cousin and my uncle and, the f and their family in Carlsbad. And he said, so I'm headed. I'm about to go to Carlsbad. I got a big ticket. I guess a speeding ticket. He kind of has a heavy foot, I guess. So he got a ticket. And he says, oh, whatever. So I'll pay that. I'm not worried about it. I'm working. I'm going to head to Carlsbad, go hang out with Supremo over there, the cousin, and see his tío, his uncle. I'm translating as I go. It's pretty good, right? So he gets a ticket. And then he heads to Carlsbad. And guess what? On the way to Carlsbad, those of you who have any experience with this, this has happened to me on the road. You're driving, and your vehicle starts losing power, and the gauges start doing this. That means most likely your alternator's failing. So he's like, he struggled. He got into Carlsbad. He made it somehow. He told his Theo. He said his uncle lived by the river there in Carlsbad. So he said, hey, Theo, I don't know what's wrong with my car. He told him about it. He said, well, 
um, it's either your, your battery or your alternator. So you start, <laughs> Dad laughed when we said this, I don't know why. You start with a battery, because batteries are supposed to be cheaper than the alternator, right? So he goes to AutoZone, the battery, he got a jail battery, I don't know why, $300. So he owes a ticket, now he just paid $300 on a brand new battery. So they go to his uncle's house, they change out the battery, it still won't start. His uncle's like, oh, it's the alternator. He said, man, I, I, why didn't we try that for you? He said, you got to start with the battery. I don't know. I don't know if that's a mechanic rule or I don't know if that's just ridiculous. So now he's in 300 on a battery. He owes a ticket, but, he, you know, he has a month to pay that, right? But now there's an alternator. I go, what? The alternator is about 300 bucks, right, in the truck. He goes, 280 280 So they replaced the alternator, got his truck going. So he went to hang out with his cousin that night. I don't know if they still do this here. We did this in the 80s, and I don't know why. It's such a waste of time. I guess it's just to see people. They called it cruising. Did y'all cruise? Cruising. I can only imagine me and my wife now driving down the and cruising and looking at people. Oh, what's up, man? How's it going? Baby, turn up the worship music. Jump up and down like this, like we have, like we have hydraulics in the car or something. We're just going to be cool. And I remember there'd be lines of people. Do they still do that here in the summer? Some of you are laughing because y'all do it every summer. You're still driving. What's up, man? Well, they went cruising in Carlsbad and doing whatever else they were doing, probably looking for girls and stuff. And he said, he said, guess what happened that night? His truck had a blowout. Some of you are going, are you kidding me? This is real. He said, all because I wasn't giving my tithes. And at one point, he figured it out. He said, man, he told his cousin, said, man, are you cursed? He goes, I think so. I'm not giving my tithes. <laughs> it's crazy because he knew just enough. He's not serving God, but the, what his mom and dad taught him, he's like, man. So he said, man, we're going to go to church tomorrow. We're going to tithe. They're all drunk and stuff. So he went, to the, he went home that night to his Theo's house and said, we're going to go to church tomorrow, we're going to tithe. He said they showed up at church all hungover and gave their tithes. <laughs> Is that powerful? But it all started with the valuable lesson our parents taught us, and they're teaching it in King's Kids. Right now over there, give 10% to the Lord. You know what the Lord said in Leviticus 27.30? He said, the tithe of the whole earth basically is mine. He said, this isn't God's. No, the tithe of the whole earth means 10% of everything is God's. That's pretty sweet of him because he created everything. He's only asking for 10%. You say, well, that, that's too much. Well, you can have, I love this statement, you can have 100% cursed or 90% blessed. Obey his word. Obey his word. That's the point I'm making this morning. Obey his word. Some speak it, they speak God's word, but then that's point one today. They speak his word, but then they don't obey God very much. Scripture says obedience is better than sacrifice. A lot of times people go, no, I've given up all that stuff. That's great that you've sacrificed all that to God, but what about the little things he's telling you to do? Obey in the little areas. Remember, it's the little foxes that spoil the vines. 
It's little things sometimes. Ask mechanics. Ask people in the oil field. Ask a woman who manages a household or a woman who's running a company or a man who's running a company. Sometimes it all starts with something little, and they went, oh, that's no big deal. We'll just ignore that. I don't ignore sounds in the vehicle. When we're driving, if, if it's a foreign sound, it's not normal. I say, I'm not going to ignore that. But there's no check engine light. I don't care. Why is it making that noise? Why? Why? I have a need to know. It might lead to something else. So you, here, here's my point. You obey God in the small, even. Small areas. Say, man, that's nothing. 10% to God. I'm not going to do that. Trust me, you'll always be scratching like a chicken in the chicken yard. You ever seen chickens out there scratching? <laughs> They're scratching. They're trying to get as much as they can, I guess, off the ground to eat, the seed or the feed. They're scratching. I don't want to be there. I want God to bless with enough where we're not scratching. I scratch enough. Ask my wife. I, don't wa- I, I hate how lotion feels on my body. It's just, ugh, I don't know. And some of y'all, how do you do it? I'm like, I'd rather, be, and I am white-skinned. You can see dry on me. I'm dry sometimes, staticky. I get desperate and put it on sometimes, but I just, I don't like to feel a lotion. It, I'm like, ugh, it's slimy. But what do I do if I don't put lotion on? Scratching. In the financial realm or any other area, listen, I don't want to be scratching for, I need God's blessing. Oh, no, I haven't given, but I haven't obeyed his word. Let me just scratch here and scratch there, and we'll figure out this. And I'll, No, you know what? I want God to take care of it. I want to obey his word. I want to give. I don't know why I'm harping on giving this morning. I don't know why. I don't know why, but we've got to give. Don't ignore it. Don't ignore it. Don't. And it's funny. I've heard people over the years, they said, you know what? I'm going to give. When I get the big payout, I'm going to give. No, you won't. That's going to sound like a lot of money. If a if dollar out of $10 sounds like a lot to you, man, how about 10000 out of 100000 That's going to sound like an awful lot. I say, no, well, that's too much, man. I can't. I may give God 1000 No. He said, the tithe of all the earth is mine. It's his anyway. And <laughs> we've been talking about this lately. God will collect. He'll allow things to happen. He'll collect, and you'll pay the tithe one way or another. You'll, pay force, you'll be forced to pay 10% or more. It's going to be more, actually. The Old Testament, when you didn't pay 10%, it went up to what? It, it was 20% plus. So 10 plus 20? So, yeah, there'll be, you'll, be miss, you'll be 30% in car repairs. Forget that. I remember one summer I, th- I thought, I'm, you know, I need to buy... A video, I need to do other stuff. I was 19. I'm gonna buy this. Remember they had VHS tapes? I still remember clearly that I'm gonna buy that at Family Dollar. I'm gonna do this. I'm like, oh, no money for tithe. The alternator went out too. <laughs> oh my gosh. What that was the first time I'd seen that the gauges are doing this. I'm all there's no power. My stereo shut off in the back. What is going on? Maybe, I don't know. I don't know, but <laughs> I can't explain it all. I just know that God said that, and that's what he wants. We're going to give him that, okay? Obey his word, and obey in different areas. Say, man, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Men, treat your wives kindly. Scripture commands that. Be kind to your wife. Scripture says in one of the Peter epistles that we as men, if we don't treat our wives right, 
we're not going to get our prayers answered. Look that up. I, I can't give you the reference right now. I'm sure dad knows it off the top of his head, but you better look that up. So obey his word. Somebody say obey his word. That's in verse 3. Look at verse 3 there, 1 Kings 17, 3. The Lord said to Elijah, go to the east and hide by Kareth Brook, near where it enters the Jordan River. Drink from the brook, verse 4, and eat what the ravens bring you, for I have commanded them to bring you food. So you need to obey God. Obey his word. Whatever he gives to you, you obey. He gives you a word, obey, obey, obey. Now this is interesting. This goes into my point three now. It says, go to Kareth Brook. You know what Kareth means? Kareth is an interesting word. It means separation. It also means cut. Sometimes you have to be cut away from everything else, don't you? Did you know, and I know I hit this sometimes because I've seen that it's become a pandemic, more than an epidemic. Say, man, Pastor Matt, don't be messing with me in Facebook again. Well, it's, time, it's that time of the month again. I'm going to mess with you about Facebook again. Did you know psychologists and sociologists and scientists now have said that even for adults, so who knows what it's doing to little kids, but extended screen time, I don't know if it's the light coming from that screen on your phone or the TV or all of the above, but extended time of streaming and watching, looking at that phone, looking at that phone, looking at that phone, it brings depression and anxiety. There comes a point where you've got, I don't know why dad's laughing. There comes a point where you've got to separate. You've got to separate a little bit. You know, guys, you remember when you were young and your mom said, you're hanging out with them too much. I'm not running a hotel here. You need to come home. Some of y'all are laughing because your mom's told you that. This is not a hotel. you got chores to do. Get on home. I'll be there late. No, right now. See you soon. Come home now. And I don't know how we did it without cell phones. I don't know if they did a smoke signal. <sighs> I don't know how they did. Mom would come out. I, remember, I still remember she'd come out to the front of the house and go, Matthew, and scream my name down the neighborhood. I could hear her. I could hear her far away. I'd be like, Hark, what do I hear? Mom was calling me. But here was the wisdom of God through mom. She's, and dad would say this too. He'd say, you need to sep. They would use that word sometimes. You need to separate. You need to get away from. No, but I need <laughs> just going crazy. And it's funny how authority and people that are wiser than you in the things of God, they notice things you don't notice sometimes, huh? But you need to get away from them. They're influencing no, number one. Number two, you need to just separate in general. It can't be all the time. I remember I went to pick up a friend to go with me somewhere one time, and his dad said, you're always ready to go. He told his son. You're always ready to go. I got work for you here. No. The answer is no today. Dang. Okay. Well, that's good, though. Sometimes you got to separate. Kareth means separation. It means cut. You can cut away. Sometimes when you separate, it hurts like a cut. It hurts a little bit. said, man, that hurts. I, I need to see what's going on on Facebook. I'm sure you got an extra like. Bless God. Put it away. It's addictive, and these things are addictive now. You say, man, I don't have any substances I'm addicted. Well, phone is a substance. It is. They said it releases endorphins to be on that phone, getting likes and reading stories and watching videos. And Oh, my gosh. Check your phone and see how long you're spending on it. If it's an iPhone, there's a, uh, a little program that runs in the background now, and it says how many times you've picked up your phone to look at it. 
pickups. Uh-huh. Holy mackerel. Pick up your phone. And it says how long you've been on it on average. And it says how many pickups. Can you imagine you picked up your Bible that much? Really, look at your phone. I've looked at my phone at times, and that, that shows up and said, this is your time for the week. I felt so convicted. I was like, how much a day? No, you little liar. You lie. How is that possible? Average pickups for the day, 61, you know, crazy stuff. What? That's not me. Who's been picking up my phone? The dogs don't have opposable thumbs, so they can't pick it up. They're like that. And my wife, she's not picking up my phone. I'm like, who's been? It's me. How can I hide in him? If I'm hiding in my phone and escaping in my phone constantly, it's impossible to hide in the Lord if I don't have time with him. He's telling Elijah, he's protecting him. He's feeding him where he is hidden. Careth means separation, and it's a place of hiding. Some of you should really consider going on a social media fast. That doesn't come from me. Some of you have already felt it for months now, and God's been speaking to you. Now I'm reading your mail. I'm mess- Like they say, some of these pastors say, now I'm messing with you. Sister Debbie's going, she's like, I'm not worried about that. Sister, <laughs> some of you are like, I'm, I'm just not a slave to my phone. Then that's good. Praise God. But I'm telling you right now, don't lose yourself in the process of trying to find yourself through junk that the world provides. Don't lose yourself trying to find yourself. The only place you can find yourself is in God. You speak the word, you obey his word, and then you hide in him. There will be seasons of separation. You say, I'm lonely. God can speak to you when you're alone. Did you know how hard it is to sit down sometimes? This has gotten easier for me. And I, I have lots of natural energy. Just lots of natural. I'm hyper. I move. My wife and I will sit down and pray together, and one of my legs just moves by itself, like an Elvis Presley move. I don't know why. I'm just moving, moving. Hyper energy there. But did you know, I believe for most of us, it's hard to sit down, put your phone away, put everything away, and just be quiet in God's presence sometimes. Try it. You say, no, I can do that. Try it. Let me see. Try it. Sit down in God's presence, put stuff away, and hide in Him. You will only find yourself in God, I promise you, confidence, security, vision, Healing, creativity, restoration, knocking out stress. When you hide in him, you stop doing stuff by your own ability. He gives wisdom. He promises in Scripture, he said, Behold, I will do a new thing. A new thing. You can only find the new thing that God is doing by hiding in him. You don't just accidentally stumble across it. Oh, God's doing something great. Well, he couldn't even speak it to you because you're, you're shutting him out with all the use of everything else. Did you know at times I have to get in my truck and and make sure that I'm not just listening to music in my truck all the time. Worship is one thing with the purpose of, I'm gonna, man, I'm going to pray in the spirit as I drive across town and stuff. But sometimes it's just a distraction, noise and stuff going on. you got to be able to hide in him. You hide in him, you really get to know him. You hide away with him. Did you know that's what a honeymoon is for, for a, a man and a woman? A honey, honeymoon? You go hide from everything. You go hide from everybody and be together and get to know each other better. That's what a honeymoon is for. All right? 
In the same way, you, you need to have repeat time with the Lord. You've got to hide in him, spend time with him. That is verse 3 and 4 right there. And there's a separation. It's like, I can't do all that. I can't do all this. I, I've got to. You say, man, but I've got I've to go be with everybody. I've got to stay in the rat race. I've got to be on the grind. Yeah, but eight million things you could do on your own would not even equal one thing that God could do in one moment and take care of problems. There's been things I've stressed about over the years, stress, stress, and I said, wait, I need to just ask God. And I sat in his presence, and he was like, why don't you do this, or why don't you just leave it to me, and I got it, and it's done, and it's taken care of just then. You only get that from hiding in him. And then, I like this, this point four actually ties in a point two, but I love the repetition of it, because repetition is good. I don't know about you, but I need repetition. You move on when God says move on. Let's go to verse nine. Let's do verse 8. Then the Lord said to Elijah, he spoke to him again, Go and live in the village of Zarephath near the city of Sidon. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. That's powerful. So he spoke the word. He obeyed God's word. He hid in God. And then he moved on when God said to move on. Let's let's back up. Let's back up a few verses here. Let's go to verse 6. Verse 6, the ravens brought him bread and meat each morning and evening, and he drank from the brook. Okay? But after a while, the brook dried up, for there was no rainfall anywhere in the land. God will take you to a place, and you can hide in him, but he will take you through seasons where that part of that season dries up. doesn't mean that God's power has dried up. Sometimes the only way you will move is if God allows something to dry up. talking to my wife yesterday and I hadn't thought about this but in 2002 I went through a season I didn't know it at this point but it was December of 2001 till about maybe May or June of 2002 I felt an intense dissatisfaction I was youth pastor at the time and I was used to hearing from God even in my weaknesses I was used to hearing from God and feeling joy and all this stuff and man I went through a season of depression and it wasn't real intense, but it was just enough to take the shine off of life. You ever been through that? You're like, man, I just I feel funky. I just don't feel like myself. And I've been through seasons like that. But it's interesting. I'd never thought of this. I'm not just always very introspective. But I felt like God speaking to me yesterday. And here's what he reminded me. God was preparing me for the next season. He was allowing that season to dry up. I still love youth. I still love kids of people of all ages, sizes, hair color, bald heads, dreads, no hair, long hair, blonde hair. I love people, period. But that season of being youth pastor, it was beginning to dry up, and I didn't know it. Say, man, God put depression on you. No, God allowed me to go through a season. Scripture says Jesus was escorted. He was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. And he came back for the wilderness full of power. I didn't know it, but God was preparing me for my wife. Say, what? How? You didn't even ask her to marry you till 2006. Yeah, but the season was changing. All of a sudden, I didn't feel the excitement I felt to be youth pastor and do the things I did here on the church property. And I went through a season. I was just like, oh, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Well, guess what? By it may have been May of that year, maybe late May or early June of that year, I got an invitation to go to Austria for three months in the heart of Europe. God was already moving me into my next season. I spoke to dad and God had a youth pastor lined up to take my place. 
and I went to Austria for three months, and the season started changing. And while I was there, I spoke to my sister on the phone, and she brought up Jennifer, a girl she had met on a mission trip to Peru, said, you need to meet her. Elaine had never said that about anybody. I think Elaine was trying to tell me most of the time, you need to unmeet her. You need to unmeet her. You need to unmeet her. Don't get ideas with her. Bad news, bad news, no. Even her sweet friend, she was like, nope. I don't care if she's giving you attention. Ignore her. Elaine didn't approve of anybody. Bless God. But at the right time, she said, you need to meet my friend. I hung up the phone with her. I'd called Elaine. I was in Austria in the heart of Europe. And I hung up the phone. I remember I went and laid down. I was fasting on and off. And the Lord said, that's going to be your wife. I'd gone through a season of dryness, and he was taking me into a next season. Wow. And that season has led to all kinds of things. But sometimes, don't you be discouraged with God. We've been exploring this together, me and Jen. We've been exploring this together. You go through wilderness seasons. Can you imagine if the prophet would have stayed there and says, I'm not leaving. I'm going to believe God that this brook like fills up with water again. I'm going to pray and wait and hope that the ravens start bringing me pizza again. I'm just going to wait here. No, the Lord allows that season to dry up, that place to dry up. So you're still hiding in him, but he says, I'm going to take you to the next place where you can hide in me. And it's so interesting because God kept using the impossible with Elijah. This story can go all kinds of ways. But he says, go to the village of Zarephath in the area of Sidon, and I've, I've spoken to a widow there, and she's going to feed you. A widow with a son. She's, she's poor. And that's a whole other story. We may go into that next week. I don't know starving, and God has told her to provide for him, but it's the next season. Don't let seasons of dryness make you believe that you need to start acting up and acting crazy and doing it in your own power. Say, man, I'll go get a 50-gallon drum of water, and I'll pour it in this brook. I'll get a wind-up bird and put food in its mouth. See how silly that sounds? I'll force it, man. I, it's got it's to be just like that. God, he said, I will do a new thing. I will do a new thing. It doesn't always do it the same way. Sometimes we go sit in the same exact place. I've been guilty of this before. Say, man, I remember that day in 2004. It must have been June 8th. You know, I don't know. I'm just making up something. See, I sat right here, and God spoke to me so strongly, and I wept and I cried. If I can sit in that place again and hold my mouth just right and, and wrinkle my brow and just do it just right, God will speak to me exactly. No, it doesn't always work that way. He says, I will do a new thing. So you need to learn to move on. When God says move on, you move on. I put it in this order. I did these points this way to repeat obeying his word, but also you obey his word to get to a certain place. And then finally, God says, time to move to the next thing. You don't stay stuck in the same place. Don't do it. You'll miss something. Can you imagine if I would have been in that dry season and said, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and join the military. No, I'm exaggerating for effect here, but can you imagine I would have said, I'm going to join the military. I have my college degree. They'll take me in as an officer. They'll take me off. Just, just for example, I'm going to go to the military. I would have missed out on my wife. I would have missed God's timing and call for the next season for getting to meet my wife. Say, man, well, you met her in October of 2002, and you didn't even propose her yet. It wasn't time. And I'm so glad I told her yesterday. I said, baby, I'm so glad I didn't walk up to you and go, hey, nice to meet you. I'm your new husband. People do that in the church. Christian people do weird stuff. Hey, God bless you. I'm God's will for your life. 
you make a woman, a good Christian woman, go, dude, get out of here, man. I don't ever want to see you again. I don't know where the knowledge and wisdom came from, but I never showed up like that. I thought I, I said, man, I got to have game with her. I got to do something cool. I got to just, I don't know what I got to do. Keep praying because I wasn't ready and I wasn't completely right yet. God was doing some stuff in me, but seasons were changing. Let's go through the points again today. Speak the word. Somebody say, speak the word. In and out of season, speak his word. Speak it every day. Have a verse of the day. Have a word of the day. Speak the word. Number two, obey his word. Somebody say, obey his word. Number three, hide in him. That's right. Number four, move on. Yeah, you only move on when God says move on. Let's put Mark 9.23 up there again. And here's your memory verse right here, the last half of that verse. Anything is possible if a person believes, Mark 9.23. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes today. Oh, we honor you today, God. We thank you, Father. We worship you. We give you glory. Is there anybody in this house who's, who would say, Pastor Matt, I have never accepted Jesus and made him the Lord of my life. If I died tonight, I may not go to heaven. I might end up going to hell because I've never had a relationship with God through Jesus. If that is you today, raise your hand. I'm going to pray with you. You say, I've never accepted Jesus. Is that you? Raise your hand. I'm going to pray with you today. Let's make sure you're right with God. That is the highest calling of our lives as believers is to make sure people are right with God. We have the ministry of reconciliation. Reconciliation means to be made right with. All right, if that's not you, how about this? Listen to me carefully, people of God, and I'm going to pray for you right in your seat today. But you say, you know what? Pastor Matt, God's been speaking to me about something, and I haven't moved on it. I have not moved on it, and I know I should be moving on it. I should be obeying him. Would you raise your hand? I don't have to know what it is, but I want you to make a confession of the Lord today. Say, man, God's speaking to me about some stuff. Raise your hand. Let's see your hands today. There's hands showing up all over the place. That's between you and God. Praise God. But thank you for your honesty. Anybody else? You want to be courageous and say, God's been speaking to me about something. I need to do it. God bless you. God bless all the courage in this house. Everybody stand to your feet now in God's presence. Whether you raised your hand or not, I want you to repeat this prayer with me today. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe and I know that you know best. Move me into this next season. I want to obey you. I'm so sorry, Lord, for disobeying your word. Please forgive me. I know that I'm forgiven now in Jesus' name. And I'm so sorry. But Lord, continue to speak to me. I, wanted to I want to move into a place where I'm hiding in you. Not hiding from my problems. Hiding in you so you can take care of it. Even in the small areas, I want to obey you. I trust you, God. I believe you, Lord God, and I thank you in Jesus' name. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, let me just say this. You're going to be amazed where this season takes you to next if you will just obey God. Mark my words, I prophesy to you in the name of Jesus, the all-powerful one, the matchless King of kings. I prophesy this to you today. 
if you'll obey the word of the Lord that he's speaking to you directly to your heart, you know what you need to do. You know what he's called you to do. You're going to look back in three months. That's the number I see in my mind. 90 days or less, you're going to look back and you're going to go, wow, I'm so excited that I obeyed God. It's taken me to a new place in him. It's taken me to a new place where I'm closer to revival or I'm in personal revival now. He's just speaking to me all the time because I've obeyed him and now I'm hiding in him. That's for you. That's for me this morning. That is the word of the Lord. So says the Lord your God, according to his word. I'm not smart enough to make that up. That's all. That will all line up with the word. Just search for it. Obey him. And you'll be blessed. Believe his prophet, scripture says, and you'll prosper. Believe and obey the word of the Lord, and he will always take care of everything in your life. We give you praise today, God, and we thank you. You are faithful, God. In Jesus' name, amen.